welcome to the Is That So podcast. My name is Sahela and I am the host and chief content officer here at the Is That So podcast. Follow along each week as I share stories, pose questions, and provide insights on various wellness, travel, and relationship topics aimed to help us all navigate through this rapidly evolving modern world a little bit easier. Here at the Is That So podcast, we believe that life should always be a work in progress. So come learn, laugh, and listen in on unfiltered stories and conversations so that we can open new doors to inspiration, happiness, and forward thinking together. Hello, and welcome back to the Is That So podcast. Today on the podcast, we will be learning how to overcome a quarter-life crisis from licensed psychotherapist and board-certified coach, Tess Brigham. Tess, for those who don't know her, has been helping people find their purpose, develop their confidence, and create a life they are excited about for over 15 years. She is a regular contributor at CNBC as the Millennial Therapist and has been featured as a millennial expert in Oprah Magazine, NBC News, USA Today, Insider, and Thrive Global, just to name a few. Tess's rare combination of being a trained psychotherapist and a certified coach makes her uniquely qualified to help young adults find clarity by first creating a safe place for them to identify what the issues are holding them back and then giving them the tools and support to take action and push past them. Welcome, Tess. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I was actually hoping before you impart all your wonderful wisdom on us today that you can tell us a little bit more about how you came to be a licensed psychotherapist and a board certified coach. Well, I'll try to keep it short (laughs) because it is a bit of a journey, but the short version is my entire life, I, you know, my big dream was to work in the entertainment business. I thought I wanted to be a filmmaker. I was a, I was a film major in college. And uh, even during college, I had internships at Columbia Pictures, Warner Brothers. You know, I was sweating it out working for free during the summers, you know, for my big dream. And after college, I, um, I realized I didn't like being on sets. <laughs> so directing wasn't going to work for me. But yeah, I started, I really, I started working with um, a talent agency, a local talent agency in Berkeley, in sorry, San Francisco, California, which is where I'm from. I, from. I went back home after college and I was there and, and at 24, I was like, okay, this is it. I packed my bags. I moved myself to LA, got a job working at a talent agency there and mm-hmm. then started working for someone else who was truly, really my last boss there. Joni Bernstein was an amazing woman. Um, but I still was not happy. I mean, this was my dream. It was, you know, happening for me and I was miserable. And at the yeah. time I didn't realize it, but I was struggling with my own quarter life crisis. Yeah. Uh, little did I know. Um, but I was really deeply depressed and didn't know what to do. And I basically packed my bags, came back home. And I was at this point in my life where I was like, okay, you know, this identity, the way in which I saw myself, you know, how I envisioned my life is gone. What is it that I want to do? And and I asked myself some questions. These are the same questions I ask my clients today, which is, you know, what is it about those jobs that I really enjoyed? Where did I excel? What made me happy? And I realized I really liked solving people's problems. I liked yeah. talking to people. I liked helping the actors. I liked figuring out how to phrase things to them so that they could, you know, hear it better <laughs> because sometimes mm-hmm. you have yeah. to give them bad news. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, I, but I had never taken a psychology course. And so that was the beginning of the journey. I took a couple courses. I realized I really loved it. And I went back to school, um, and got a master's in counseling psychology. The, um, 
then, you know, it was a long process even there to, you mm-hmm. know, getting, you know, getting licensed and getting really good at what I do. Yeah. And in the midst of that, I also loved and learned about coaching, which I thought mm-hmm. was really a missing link for my clients. Um, yeah. But I opened a practice in San Francisco about 10 years ago, and I I didn't intend to work with, at that time, millennials. I had a different vision, but all of a sudden, 26, 27-year-old women started showing up. And I was like, oh, wait, I've been here. I know this. And I was in my 20s in San Francisco. I, I got where they were coming from. And I realized that, number one, these millennials aren't as bad as everyone said. They're, they're really... <laughs> They're really wonderful. I I don't understand what the problem is. So I felt like there was a lot of misinformation out there. And I felt like this was a generation of people that were, you know, coming into the world that felt very lost and that were really misunderstood by people and they were constantly being criticized. And so for me, I really wanted to be a voice for them. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, you know, what led me here. So now, you know, I still have a a therapy practice in my um, home (laughs) now with the pandemic, but, uh, and I also coach and I'm working on a book. And so, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, like, I feel like it's a bit of like a millennial thing to do to go through a quarter life crisis because (laughs) like, hello, it's happened to me and pretty much everyone I know. Yeah. (laughs) So for a while there, the only thing I was truly consistent at was being inconsistent (laughs) with what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I first took commerce at university. Then I switched to fashion where I thrived. Then I worked for a Toronto designer and got some experience before going out on my own. But when I was by myself, I ended up completely burning out and mentally did not take care of myself or my well-being because I thought if I just kept my head down and kept working hard, things will eventually come and I'll feel like I have more purpose. But in the end, I turned something that I loved deeply into something that brought me overwhelming anxiety, Mm. let alone made me very poor. Um, So, you know, I switched to something that would be easy and would pay my bills. It was a very stable gig. It was easy for me to adjust. Like, I have to give it credit. It gave me solid ground to land and build myself up again, especially because I was like, really going through anxiety and depression. But, you know, after a year of that, I started to get this itch and I felt, you know, I was in a better financial position. I had a nice little nest egg saved up and I could continue like this or I could do something. I mean, for me, all the money and designer bags didn't fill that hole where my desire to be creative and have a life purpose was. So I kind of knew I had to switch. So there I go being inconsistent again, but obviously like I've landed now blogging and with this awesome podcast. So I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be, but for a while there, it scared me. I had no idea what I was doing. So I guess I'm curious to know what are some common issues you are seeing around decision-making for millennials when it comes to finding our path? Yeah. Um, just a comment on your, if you don't mind, <laughs> the yeah, comment on no, your please. own story. I think it's very interesting. And I think what's hard is, is that there's this belief that we're supposed to figure out at 18, this is what I'm going to mm-hmm. do for the rest of my life. I mean, my dream of working in Hollywood, I came up with at 12, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, this, 
this goal that we're supposed to pick, this this dream is supposed to be, you know, completely fully formed and understood by the time that we're 18. Our brains don't even fully form until we're 25. That's one yeah. thing to really understand, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so part of the process is about this exploration of going here and yeah. trying this. Do I like this? Does this satisfy me? Does this make me happy? Going here and doing this, does this make me happy? Yeah. And so what I see, and I can and I can understand your anxiety along the way of like, oh my God, will I ever figure it out? Will I ever get there? But that is part of the process. And what I really yeah. try to do is help my clients recognize that you're on the right path. You just don't, you know, you're figuring it out. Like this is yeah. that your confusion and you said inconsistency, it wasn't inconsistency. You know, your, your going here and going there was part of whatever process you had to to do in order to get to where you are today. And so yeah. I think that's the part that's really hard for people is there's a lot of fear around, oh my God, what if I never figure it out? What if this never happens? What if, you know, all of those things and, and none of that way of thinking <laughs> ever works, right? None of it's going to help you. You will figure yeah. it out as long as you... As long as you continue to take action and move forward, the people who don't figure it out are the ones who sit still. So for example, in your last job where you felt like, okay, there's stability and I like it, but it's not really lighting my soul on fire. Yeah. A lot of people stay in that job for yes. year after year after year. And then suddenly they're like, well, I don't want to give up the money and I don't want to do this. And I don't want to, right? And all that stuff comes in. And so as long as you're constantly taking risks, you know, making decisions, moving forward, you are doing exactly what you need to be doing. And that's one of the things that I see with my clients in terms of decision making, right? Which is yeah. that I talk about this a lot uh, with, you know, a lot of people ask me about this particular topic because uh, one of the first CNBC article I wrote was really about what's the number one thing that millennials struggle with and it's decision making. And what a lot of people in older generations don't realize is how many choices there are in the world today. I mean, if yes. you really Way think more about than it, ever oh my before. God, the internet makes it just, um, you know, it's overwhelming <laughs> and overwhelming. I, I tell yeah. this story a lot about, you know, when I was younger, I'm in, you know, I'm in my forties now, so I'm a generation Xer if we're going <laughs> to label generations. And, uh -huh. you know, when I was younger and trying to figure out like, what is it that I want to do and all of these things, like, oh, I could ask a family friend about things. I could maybe inquire about stuff. Maybe if I wanted to learn about doing something new and different, I'd have to go to the library and figure it out. Yeah. But what I see with my clients is what happens is that they think about something like, well, maybe I'll raise alpacas in South America. And so they go <laughs> on a website and find some uh -huh. website that will say, you know, come here and I'm going to, you know, let's raise alpacas. And they're like, okay, I don't know about that, but I'm going to bookmark it. <laughs> and yes. so every single time I'm feeling unsure about my life, I can go back to that bookmark and look at that again and, and consider it and think about that as an option. So what we don't realize is that there is the internet has given us tons of choices. Social media has given us a real false reality of what other people are doing and what, what yeah. everybody's life looks like. And so those two things are, a, you know, it's a pretty deadly combination of feeling like, there's too many choices. There's too many things I can do. What if I get on the wrong path? What if I go down the wrong thing? And, oh my gosh, look at my friends over there. They have their lives together. They're so happy and I'm miserable. 
So mm-hmm. I've done something wrong. And so I yeah. really have to make sure this next decision that I make is absolutely positively right. Yes. And so that's what happens. They get into this right and wrong decision making. Yes. Well, I also feel like you just get so overwhelmed by what's going on in like entertainment news and you see Kylie Jenner on the cover of Forbes for being like a billionaire with a makeup company and you're like oh my god is this the new benchmark of what people are supposed to like be achieving it just it's so insane of an idea that we put these pressures on ourselves to be these high achieving you know like made it by 25 you know super successful and it's so unrealistic yeah But that's what's like shocking to me. Is that not shocking to you a little bit? Yeah. And I think what we forget is it's at our fingertips, literally at our fingertips all the time. You know, everyone's glued to their phone. So when I was younger, right, there were celebrities that were famous and you knew they made money. And but, you know, maybe you'd watch like a half hour show of the lives of the rich and famous, you know, which is an old school show. And that was like a half hour once a week at the most. Or maybe you picked up, you know, a teen magazine and saw them somewhere. But really, you didn't have that day to day interaction with them. Like you didn't know they weren't showing off their homes. They weren't showing you all of the stuff that they have. And right, there's a real culture of let me show you myself at my most fabulous. Let me show you, you know, these cars I have, this pool I have, right? And, yeah. and that's incredibly difficult. It's something else that I see a lot in San Francisco, which is, you know, sort of the tech capital, right, where mm-hmm. people, so many people flock here because they have the big tech dream, right? I'm going to come up with the next app. I'm going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. And I'm going to be yeah. this and I'm going to be that. And Silicon Valley in the area here is is crazy too. Like people get tons of money for their ideas. You know, yeah. here, let me give you a hundred million dollars, kid, make your idea. And so what happens is, is that those stories get told, people keep comparing themselves to Mark Zuckerberg, but what they don't remember is, you know, how many Kylie Jenners are there? How many Mark Zuckerbergs? There aren't. There aren't yeah. that many. There are many They're like more. the exception to the rule, yes. not the rule. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that being in our faces constantly and that story that we hear of, you know, they they did this big thing and hashtag hustle and Elon yeah. Musk sleeping on his floor of his office and that sort of standard gets into people. And that's what I would see a lot with my clients. They would be grinding at this insane pace and then just so burnt out and wondering, like, why am I doing this? Like, what is the point of this? Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of pressure in society these days to achieve and be so career focused. I feel like even when you meet someone, one of the first questions people tend to ask, even accidentally, is, oh, what do you do? Mm -hmm. You know, and so like that becomes the definition of who you are and what value you bring to, you know, the society or party or whatever it is. And it's so hard to not only just break that habit, but like start to be able to share things about yourself that don't have to do with your career, you know, to 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 find your own value and put that on display for other people so that they know that there's more to you than just your job, because you have to be that change, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and being female, the flip side of that is, you know, do you are you in love? Are you married? Do you have children? Right. There's all that. Yeah, that's another whole level of pressure that my, my female clients really face is 
I'm killing it in my career, but all my Aunt Sally asks me about is, do I have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Oh my God, yes. (laughs) And yeah, I get that all the time with um, my boyfriend's grandparents. You know, they want us to like get married and have a baby. And I'm just like, oh my God. (laughs) And, and what you, and that's the thing for what, for what? I mean, it's, that's all one, that's all great. That's wonderful. And what I try to explain to my clients is, listen, I've been married 17 years now. I have a son, he's almost 13. And I tell people like, yes, I enjoy being married. I'm happy with my husband. I love him and I care about him and I'm happy with our life, but he does not make me complete, you know, and he does not make me happy. I make me happy. Yes. Our life together and what we built together makes me happy. But that's the other part of it is there's, there's such the strive for happiness. You know, I've got to get, I've got to figure out how to get happy. And so is it a career if I have this really fulfilling career and, you know, all this, all this attention and money that'll make me happy. Or if I have the ideal partner, that'll make me happy. It's It's a lot of that stuff. And, yeah, and so that part is incredibly difficult. And I think what's so tough about the 20 something years is that you're, you know, you're trying to figure out all of these things. You're trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life? Like, what do I want? What kind of life do I want to live? Right. Do I want to be married with children? Do you want kids? Yeah. I know some people don't want kids and they almost feel guilty about it. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe not, but (laughs) you know, like for a second, like I thought prior to two years ago, I never really wanted kids. I never really thought about kids. I think I discussed this with myself and I was like, you know, I'd be okay if I don't have kids. But I know my boyfriend really wants them. And then there's also this thing in me that's happened in the last two years. And I feel like it's biological in some ways where all of a sudden it's like this little creepy monster is coming (laughs) at my back and being like, oh, look at that little kid. Isn't he cute? Like and then there's this like growing maternal instinct in me that's like, you better have kids now if you're going to have kids. So like that whole narrative around how I feel about kids has kind of changed in the last two years. And I mean, I'm okay with change. I'm happy to evolve in any way and just like let it be. But, you know, I know that some people really do struggle with that. Yeah, no, it's it is it's incredibly hard. And and I think being female, you know, men can wake up at 40 or 45 or even 50 and go, I think I'd like to have some children now. Right. Yeah. And women can't do that. You know, if you want to have your own biological children, obviously we've made lots of advances and there's other options, but if you biologically want to have your own children, then yeah, there is a, is there is a time limit, which makes that pressure even more difficult of, okay, maybe I need to get my career together right now and then maybe meet someone and then this happens and then this happens. And all of those pieces, you know, are, are hard because then that now you're on a timetable. Now yeah. you're on this, right? You're doing the exact opposite of what I said you should be doing at the beginning of this, which is like allowing things to unfold, not not worrying so much about am I going to get on the right path, but just trusting yeah. that you'll you'll be there. And absolutely. So you're constantly also, battling these things, right? Yeah, and I also feel like as you move through your life, like you might not want it now, and then you might want it later. For me, like I hadn't even you know prior to being in the relationship that I am, like I wouldn't have wanted kids because having the right partner also contributes to feeling safe about that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, because it can be difficult to make a decision like that when you aren't in a safe or in a in a good place in your relationship either. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, 
Yeah, it, listen, it's all it, it's all so complicated, which is why I really, you know, encourage people to not get too caught up in the right or wrong decisions. You yeah. know, they're just the decisions that you make. And yeah. you know, these with the with the knowledge you have at this current exactly. time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And by making a decision and choosing something, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. So yeah. that's, that's what you, you know, you're trying to gain information about yourself because we don't know who we are at 18. You know, yeah. I'm constantly evolving. I, you know, year after year, I'm like, Oh God, you know, <laughs> I'm learning yeah. more and more about myself and you know, who I am and what I'm capable of. So Right. That you have to the process of doing new things, trying things out, making decisions. That's how you get the information about who you are. Yeah. And so that's the part about being young, I think, is incredibly difficult as you're trying to do these two big, big things all at once. And they don't always align. Right. You're not always you know, yeah. you're like, oh, my God, I just learned this about myself. And now I realize I need to go do this. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, it doesn't always align perfectly. Yeah. You know, there's this quote on your blog that says, through crisis comes clarity and a new way of looking at yourself and the world around you. And what I see are my clients no longer settling for meh (laughs) and deciding to take the steps necessary to do what they need to do to feel happy. How do you help your clients identify their talents and build a path that utilizes them? And do you have an exercise which you can walk us through? (laughs) Sure. So I with you know, my clients come to me at various stages. So, Mm -hmm. but when clients come to me and they feel like, what's the purpose? Like, what am I doing? Having a bit of an existential crisis, which is essentially a quarter life crisis. Yeah. (laughs) What I, I do with them, what I did for myself, which is really identifying for them, you know, looking back into your past, looking back into the times in your life where you felt really inspired times where you felt like there's a lot of meaning times when you felt like you were so successful and you were in a flow and a groove. And sure enough, even if people have hated all the jobs that they've had, they've had experiences in their lives where they felt like, you know, this was really special. This was really meaningful. And so within that are the clues to what it is that you want to do. So even through those, I mean, sometimes people have an inkling like, oh, it's, it's kind of this. I, I know it's this. I just I'm too mm-hmm. scared to go do it. But, um, you know, if you really, truly after that, like I've looked into my past, I've asked myself all these questions. I still don't know what it is I want to do. What I would urge you to do is just do things, you know, take action. I think you don't know if you're going to like a job until you're in it. You don't know if yeah. you like a city until you're in it. You don't know if you're going to yeah. like a relationship with the person you're with until you're in it. So part of it is it's not about job hop- hopping constantly, but it's really about if you have this inkling or drive or, or desire to do something, you know, go do it and go see if it's what's right for you. Figure Mm -hmm. that out. And if it's not, that's awesome. That's one less thing you need to worry about. That's one less decision (laughs) that you've got to worry about dealing with. Because as I said earlier, it's all about information. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, that's all you're doing is you're just gathering information. And, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be something huge, like a job, you could take a class, you could take a trip, you could take this, you could take that. And I think that's what's been so difficult about the pandemic and everything that's going on today, which is, we really are limited. 
you know, and what we can do. There are certain things that you just can't do right now. And I think that combination with being, you know, home alone and, and with your thoughts for so many months has made it incredibly difficult. Yeah. I mean, last year I traveled at least 12 times, you know, that's like once a month I traveled somewhere. And so this is like a huge contrast in compared to that this year. And it feels a little foreign to me to not be traveling, you know, for this long. And I miss it deeply. But I guess in terms of identifying talents and stuff. So you're saying that all of our talents are kind of based into things that like brought us joy and happiness in a previous part of our lives. Some kind of seed, I will say. I mean, listen, people discover joys and things uh, later in life and at all times, but there is, there are some seeds, essentially. Yeah. There are some seeds of things that you enjoy doing, right? If you think about work, the career sweet spot is when what you enjoy doing overlaps with what you're good at. Yeah, You know, and so you want to look at things that you were good at, that you excelled and things that you felt like I enjoyed that. Now, when I say enjoy, I really mean meaning. It felt meaningful to you because I get a lot of clients who will say, oh, I think I want to be a teacher. But yesterday, you know, it was so difficult. Maybe I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. That was just a rough day that, that you're, you know, work is work. It's a job. And so you won't, you won't like it every single day. You're going to have days where you'd rather do something else, but you have to believe that what you do has meaning, you know, has meaning for you. And what is meaningful to me isn't, isn't the same as for you. So that's what you're trying to figure out. So that's Mm -hmm. why I'm asking those kinds of questions. So a lot of times It might just be one small thing, one small idea. And what you want to do is kind of pull on that thread a little bit and see where it takes you. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when clients are trying to make these kinds of decisions, what I'll do is I'll urge them to first get everything out of their heads because that's the other part of it is a lot of people just keep everything in their minds and, and in their heads and they they overthink it or something. Yeah. And they just circle it like these four or five things and they just circle and circle and circle. And so what I really recommend is, you know, all the things that you're considering right now, write them down and make a list and then really look at them and start eliminating. Now, when I say eliminate, people get very worried about this, but I'm saying like, put it on another, another piece of paper, (laughs) but get them off the immediate piece of paper and eliminate them as being things that you kind of know in the back of your mind, like, I don't know if I want to do it, or I can't really do it right now, or I don't feel ready, right? And usually what happens is by that point, people have one or two things that are on there, at least at least two, maybe three. And what I really urge people to do is look at each choice and ask yourself, like, if I made this decision, if I did this, and instead of coming at it from a place of fear, what if it what if it worked out perfectly? What if it was exactly what I needed? What would life look like? Because what gets people stuck is they have this idea, there's inkling of, I want to get a new job and um, I want to go do this. I want to do that. And then they start thinking about like, oh, I got to update my resume. (laughs) I have to do this, right? All of the, and what if nobody wants me? And what if I don't get a job? Like all of the fears come in. 
And I want you to really ask yourself, like, let's push the fears aside. Those things may or may not happen. But if you push the fears aside and you're just you're just focusing on what could happen, what you know, what could your life look like? Then, you know, do you like that? Does that I like seem that enjoyable idea. to you? Yeah. Right. I feel like that's a great way to also get inspired. And for me, like one of the things I did to even grow my blog was I went to YouTube University, you know, like I just watched a whole bunch of videos on YouTube and I started learning how to improve my SEO and stuff that way. And even with makeup, like I used to watch so many makeup tutorials and it was one of the reasons that ignited this whole passion for blogging for me is because I'd watch these tutorials and I'd be like, oh my God, I can do this. I can do this. And, you know, I'd be practicing my makeup and I've always loved makeup since I was younger, but I just, you know, never, I guess, thought I would have a career doing something like that. And once I started to like see these tutorials and pay more attention and play with my makeup again, I was like, oh, wow, I can, I can actually make videos and start blogging and stuff like that. So even just starting on YouTube, I think is a great way to take a first step to get you even excited about the possibility of making this your life. Yeah. Cause I feel like once you get you know, that fire inside of you and you're excited about it, that fear kind of melts away. Yeah. And I think that it's because it sounds like for you, when you got interested in makeup, it was really from this interest and you weren't thinking like, how do I monetize this and become the next Kylie Jenner? I think mm-hmm. that's the other problem is we approach some of these things from this place of how do I make this my life or how do I do yeah. this? So it's really about what do I love? What do I enjoy? You know, what can I learn? And this is one of the the positives of the internet and the world that we live in today is you can learn anything. You know, you yes. can do anything. You can, you know, you can broadcast anything, you know, you can. And so there, there are so many different ways that you can learn about something. And, you know, what I hear from a lot of people is, right, they come at it from that place of fear. And then there's the, oh, but it's going to be hard. And it's going to be, it's going to feel uncomfortable. And that's a lot of it. You're feeling all this fear because you feel uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable to change. It's uncomfortable to submit a resume and say, I want this job. It's uncomfortable yeah. to say, now I'm doing this job and now I have to show everybody <laughs> that, yeah. that I can do this job. Right. Yeah. So all of these, all of these pieces along the way are getting you stuck from making these decisions. And, you know, the, the most important thing to remember that the third step of all of this, after you let go of the of the fear is, is just simply taking action. Like just go do it, pick one of these things on your list, just pick it and start going towards it and give it some time. It doesn't mean that you, you take one class and you throw your hands up and be like, that's it, I'm done. But it does mean that you spend some time you know, really digging into some things that you, you know, that, that, so that you can get to a point where you can say, "Mm, not for me. Yeah. And, um, and again, even if you, this is one thing that people don't remember and part don't know. And part of this is just being older that I know this It's just living on this earth longer is that everything will come back around. 
every single thing that you do, any skill that you learn, it will always come back around. I'm always amazed, even in my own career now. You know, what's so funny is being an assistant at, at a talent agency or for a manager, which is what I was doing, a big part of it is scheduling people, scheduling people yeah. and getting people to places. And what's so funny is, is that, you know, now my whole, a big chunk of my job is, can I rearrange my appointment? And can we move here? And can I do this? And can we do that? Right? Yeah. That's my entire, that's a big chunk of the administrative stuff that I do is yeah. I'm able to keep track of a lot of different people, make sure they all get to the place that they need to be at a certain time, get them the information, keep their stuff straight. Right. And, and it was just this, this strange, you know, odd skill that I had. And, yes. you know, just the business, the basic kind of like how you how, how you do customer service. You know, when I started my therapy practice, it's like, okay, this is this is how you, you know, reply to people quickly and get things done. And so just trust that even if you take a class or do something, it's not a waste of time. There's no yes. wastes of time except for the time that you are, you know, ruminating and thinking and you know, wondering and worrying, that's wasted time. But yeah, doing something and learning something is never wasted time. Yes. So find your talents, then educate yourself, abandon your fears (laughs) when possible and take action. Yes. So, you know, I I read another quote off your website and it said, courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is fear walking. I didn't say that, though. No, uh, it's that's Dr. Susan David. Yes. It's on your it's on your website though. I, it's like this quote, and I was like, "That is so amazing!" Like, yeah. I love what that stands for. I, I wish I had said it, but it's a from a book called Emotional Agility, a great book, highly recommend by okay. Dr. Susan David, and she's a yeah. Harvard professor. It's excellent. I'll have to check that yes. out, and I'll put it in the show notes Definitely. too. But you know, if I could turn back time and give my younger self some advice when I was struggling with my life path, one thing. I would tell them is to have more self-compassion. And as you corrected me on me saying (laughs) the only thing I was consistent at was being inconsistent, I can see now how that even is still perhaps a judgment I am putting on myself from who I was back then. Mm -hmm. So bringing me back to my point of you know, it's great to have a plan and a path, but you should always allow room for flexibility Mm -hmm. and have self-compassion for having to be flexible. Because I think we often fear failure and think it's only a bad thing. But I honestly believe that every chapter of my life gave me tools just like you that have now made me doing what I'm doing now very successful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, for example, I went to commerce and that gave me accounting and bookkeeping skills. Fashion helped me develop a creative eye and understanding of silhouettes and importance of composition. Buying helped me measure and understand analytics, ROI, budgeting. And because I was receiving so many pitches, I now know what a good pitch sounds like. So when I'm pitching other people, I have that under my belt, too, as something that I feel like I'm good at because... I had all of these experiences. So yes, none of these paths worked out for me, but what I walked away with from each of them provides me with the necessary experience to make what I am doing now have a higher chance of success. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my final question is, how do you help people turn their fear of failure into something empowering? Because that's what I think my younger self needed to hear more of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I really start by 
saying, you know, there really is no such thing as failure. If you really think about it, right? You and I both go to a restaurant. You think it's fabulous. I think it's terrible. I think it's a failure. You think it's a success. Who's right? Who's wrong? Right? Yes. Back to this right or wrong decisions, right? Mm -hmm. So, Yes, there are things in terms of of like, does a restaurant close and is it a big success, you know, or people lining up around the corner to measure that. But really, truly how you feel about it, there is no such thing as failure. And so, listen, when something doesn't work out as you hoped or planned, you get you have the right to feel down for sure. I think I think that's that compassion with yourself of, oh, it didn't work out. I'm sad. You know, this is disappointing. All of those things. I absolutely think that you have the right to feel that. I think what happens for people is either they go down that road and it scares them to death and they never want to do it again, or they brush themselves off too quickly and be like, well, I'm okay. That's fine. Right. Yeah. Feel your feelings. You know, it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. And, but then after that, gather information, gather all the information that you can from this of why didn't it turn out? What happened? What was going on? You know, what, what was in your control that you feel like you could have done differently? What were the what were the pieces outside of your control? Because a lot of times we quote unquote fail at things that really had nothing to do with us. Because there are so many things, right? Applying for a job, getting into a school, you know, relationships, like all of these things in life that, that are, they're not just you. It's it's another person and another person and their stuff and their, you know, their own hangups and issues, right? Yeah. So some of it is, okay, what's the information that I need to gather? What do I take from this? What do I learn from it? And then the other part is another great book called Grit by Angela Duckworth. She is, um, she's at Stanford and um, she had a TED talk called Grit and it's all about what is success? What does it really look like for people? Is it talent? Is it intelligence? Is it perseverance? And what she found from her research and her studies is, is that yes, talent is helpful. Yes, intelligence Mm -hmm. is helpful, but grit and perseverance, the effort is two times the importance of the other two things. Yeah. That talent will get you so far, intelligence will get you so far, but people who have really achieved something, they have grit. And so what I tell my clients is, is that, okay, so you you just learned how to get a little gritty. You just learned how to be brave and do difficult things and scary things. And here you are on the other side and you're alive. (laughs) You're well, right? Maybe your ego is a little bruised. Maybe you're disappointed, but you're here. You, You lived through it. Because I see a lot of people who have this real fear of failure. And what they do is they, they try to manage their lives so that they can never fail. Yeah. And not only does that create so much anxiety for you, but it also makes it so that you're never really ever saying, this is what I want. I'm going to go after it. Yeah. You're never stepping out of your comfort zone. Exactly. Exactly. And I know for myself in my 47 years on this earth that everything that I've achieved and everything that's been you know, really special to me has been difficult and uncomfortable. And I think that that's why I love that, that Dr. Susan David quote, because I think a lot of times we see people and we think, I'm just not brave like them. I just don't have those guts. It's like, no, that person over there isn't braver than you. They're just walking towards it. That's courage. It's fear walking. And so that's what I, I personally try to keep in mind. And 
listen, I've put myself out there for a lot of different things. I've fallen down a lot, but I find now that, you know, "Eh, okay, didn't work out. That's disappointing. Let's move on. And so it's, it's a skill. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a skill that you need to learn to do, which is learning to fall down and get back up again. Absolutely. And, you know, life is finite. So you're never going to get this time back. So take action and take it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things about right now that's so hard is people are spending all this time. Like, I just got to get to 2021. And it's like, well, life's happening now. Like, this is it. It might not be exactly the life that you'll have for the rest of your life or what you want, but life is happening right now. So how do you go after the things that you really want, you know, virtually? And that's where it comes back to like, allowing room for flexibility. And I think also being a good business person means that you are able to pivot, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you want to be successful, you have to really learn to be agile and pivot. And right now, there is room to grow. There is the possibility of growth. Like I've grown, my blog's grown, you know, my Pinterest, I just hit over half a million on Pinterest in terms of monthly views. In April, I was at 117K. And so, you know, that's 400% Mm -hmm. growth. So there is room to grow during a pandemic. It's just, (laughs) you have to pivot. Yes. You have to pivot. Yes. So it's not impossible. Definitely not. But you just have to (laughs) Like you said, find the knowledge and then abandon your fears and put it into action mm-hmm. and pivot and be flexible. And don't don't beat yourself up. I mean, the other thing is, hopefully you're not saying to yourself, oh, man, if I had figured that out in March, I could have this many followers. Right. People yeah. a lot of times are like, oh, I waited too long or I spent too long at the party or I did this or I did that. It's like, OK, OK, that's fine. Yeah. Again, it comes back to compassion. Like, but you're here now. So let's just yeah. move forward. I think, again, it comes back to wanting things to be perfect perfect, wanting things to be the straight linear line when in actuality it's not, nor do you want it to be. Life would be pretty boring. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming today, Tess. It has been such a pleasure to learn from you. But before you go, can you please share where people can find you online? Sure. Um, so I am on Instagram at Tess underscore Brigham and you can find me. I'm just www.chessbrigham.com. Um, and I actually, if a lot of these things that I'm talking about resonate with you, I have a blog and um, I, I talk about a lot of this on social media as well. And if you are at a point in your life where you feel like I want to take this a step further and learn more, you know, I do have a course called Find Your Path. It's right there on the front, uh, on the um the website I'm on the yeah. website I'll link it okay, in the show perfect. notes yeah yeah and so I have that program which I teach you step by step how to do all of these things that we've been talking about today and yeah I you know feel free reach out I'm around amazing thank you so much for coming and happy holidays yes. almost. I guess it's still American Thanksgiving coming up for it you is, so it is well thank you thank you <laughs> so much care, Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Is That So podcast. For more information on this episode and all past episodes, you can check out my show notes on isthatso.com or follow me on Instagram at isthatso. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your personal support to the podcast, simply leave a review on iTunes or screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your stories. 
All right, friends, that's it. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of the Is That So podcast. And I look forward to hanging out with you again soon.